0: This is the wild introduction of cats. Roll them bones! I know who you came here to be. Be what you want in the game of D&D. Assassin, halfling, human, or rogue. Just gotta pick up all those dice and let's roll. We're rolling now for real. We're rolling now
1: for real. Welcome to Save or Die Expert Edition, the first and original
0: classic D&D
1: podcast.
0: Good evening and welcome to episode 134 of Save or Die Expert Edition, your source for all basic expert fantasy and D&D related podcast info. I am your host, DM James, and with me tonight is DM Glenn. Hi, and tm eric tavern
1: master
2: yes hello yes, folks
1: he is here you know it's funny i gave you a five countdown and i did the two one silently before on sod they always vincent always do it silently so i'm going what the heck's going on he wouldn't have he wouldn't have <laughs> the video he wouldn't have the video So i was like vince are you still mm-hmm. there shut up i'm cutting down okay whatever <laughs>
0: tonight we're going to continue our discussion of different bx classes and we're going to go into one of the uh race as classes we're going to begin with elves yes bx menser elves menser mold cook Cook, holmes uh, Holmes, you name it yep should we throw it all
1: the way back to the original three books um. uh we could. Actually, I'm. I'm opening my big mouth because I don't have a copy. I don't have. I don't either. Never, it'll, it'll. I never
0: looked at them. It will be a lot of us pretending like we know what we're talking about, which do is.
2: I have, do I need pre- to go to my? Do I need to go to my? Oh, do I? Can I get it from my bookshelf? I think I can. Uh, continue on without but me it for will, a moment. <laughs> so I think Why we will I be not surprised. I think we'll begin tonight by,
0: uh, Glenn, which version of the BX Elf do you tend to use, play, and run at your table? <laughs> which version of the BX Elf? There's only one BX Elf. Well, you know what I mean. I say BX, <laughs> I mean basic. You know that. I can't go to my show because
1: I'll be right back. Whoa!
0: Oh, I have headphones
1: on. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm, my favorite is always going to be the cyclopedia Elf. Okay, I like. And the is there guy. any particular reason for that? Um, because I have rule Cyclopedia. Actually, let me modify that saying. I also like the BXL because I played a lot of Labyrinth Lord. Mm-hmm.
2: And-
0: That's why uh, most of my uh, BX gaming has been Labyrinth Lord.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, even, right. oh, there's Eric with his his white box, the original D and D white box, not the Wizardry white box. Okay. Um, I'm the same way. My, most of my elf experience comes from actually Rule Cyclopedia* and uh, *and Labyrinth I first of all, do we want to for anyone? I would assume anyone listening to the podcast knows what D and D defines an elf as, but just in case they don't, we'll go over it here for the the cheap seats in the back. Elves are a mystic race of. Oh God, Glenn, don't make that face, please. That's that's just. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening attentively. It's an uh, awesome face. It is, it is not an awesome face. It should be on the it trailer. Um BX elves are woodland dwelling creatures who are magical in nature. They tend to stand around five to five and a half feet tall. They enjoy frolicking in the woods, long walks in the wilderness, and most of them are Capricorns.
1: No. And, um and most and most of them have a thing against other races, which is why they're always leaving. They are
0: always leaving. Tolkien they leave. Game yeah. forgotten. In Remember in early Realms.
2: In, they in early leave.
0: yeah, they were all leaving. I've all, always said as a DM
1: is like they're always leaving. I just go, bye.
0: Don't let the door hitch in the way out. They don't yeah. they don't have something against other races, all of them anyway. Uh-huh. They they don't like they traditionally don't like dwarves and they're condescending to everyone else. Right.
1: Like we you know, we're the only ones who know how to run the world. That's why we're leaving. Yeah, exactly.
0: Don't get me started on elves. I, I, I especially Tolkien elves, oh, we'll have a whole nother podcast on our hands. now
1: now this, may, now people may think that I have a thing against elves. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, elves in basic D and D I happen to think are somewhat awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, they combine the best of both a fighter and a magic user they level, the, the, one of the downsides is they level very slow. Yeah. But they are so but, nice.
0: If you can keep them alive, oh my god. I mean, at low levels, they can kick butt. All right, so let's let's talk about some of the basic elf abilities. And I can speak for, you know, BX and, and, and all that. Basically, my favorite. they have all of the weapon and armor options of a fighter. That's right. They do not get the fighter D8 hit die, nor are they stuck with the wizard D4 hit die. Right. They get a D6, so they're kind of right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, they have infravision 60 feet, mm-hmm. an enhanced ability to detect hit secret doors, uh, both by looking and simply by being near them for secret and concealed doors, and they are immune to paralysis induced that is by ghoul my favorite ghoul touch.
1: ability of theirs.
0: The ghoul the, touch thing.
1: The the ghoul touch. The zombie touch. No, zombie rod touch, excuse me, and because Ma- my, because when I when I when I played, the DMs l- ran a lot of undead,
0: mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, and they can cast spells as a wizard with the same progression. That's right, um, and unlike a wizard, if, if you read closely, at least in in uh, Labyrinth Lord. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say no, what, that you can't cast spells in armor. It simply says wizards, who are normally the only ones who can cast arcane spells, can't wear armor. So technically, elves can cast spells in full plate now. That's right, because they are technically not wizards. That is correct. Even though they have spell books, they memorize spells the same way as a wizard, they use scrolls the same way as a wizard, Got it. and they are, for all mechanical purposes, a wizard. Now, is there any differences in the RC, Glenn? Uh, looking... And they, and I know in BX they max out at tenth level.
1: Yes, they do. That's that's <clears throat> one of the downsides. Is you got the uh, demi human uh, level caps.
0: But for the power you get, I mean, you're effectively a, a fighter and a mage at the okay. same time. Okay,
1: okay. Here's 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 one here's the downside. One of the downsides, for instance, a fighter. Let's take a, a regular old fighter. Fighter experience level to get to second level, he needs two thousand experience points. To get to third level, he needs four thousand. Let's go over to the elf here the elf needs to get to second level 4000 experience mm-hmm. and the third level 8000 experience now you're thinking oh my god that's terrible no no not if you're that strong out the gate no no way. it's not
0: no it is not
1: and you know it's, what it's... after 10th level you can still get stuff but you get attack ranks
2: now I don't.
0: I'm not as familiar with the RC. How does the attack ranks go? Is it like additional attacks per round, or your your attack uh, modifier increases, but not as fast as a fighter?
1: Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, see, they got C D E F G H, which is supposed to mean something, and I can't really find it right now. All right, and Eric, <laughs> Eric, uh, now... go ahead. Yeah. Now, say, let's see, 11th, say they're 11th level. They get the fighter combat options, two attacks per round, possible at this yeah. level. 11th, 12th, okay. 14th level automatically takes half damage from any breath weapon.
0: Oh, and that's right. Elves have increased space saves. Their saves start out lower because they're demi yeah. That's what 12, I'm trying 13, about that.
1: 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th level, three attacks per round.
0: You know, what's the XP to reach 18th level?
1: 18th level is 2,600,000 two, two experience points. I don't think I've earned that much XP in 30 years of gaming. If, no, you, want go, if you
0: want to go to 3 million, you can get to 20th.
1: And oh, this is a I game go. that goes to, what, 36th
0: level? <laughs> RC goes to thirty-six. Now, Eric, as I recall, yeah. in the, the, the uh, Three Little White Books, uh, elves work quite a bit differently.
2: Yeah, because... And obviously, by looking at the white books compared to the later versions of how they treated it, uh-huh. it's it's not even it's not multi-classing like you might know from AD and D, and it's not dual-classing like you might know from AD and D. It's simultaneous. Oh, that, oh, you, isn't, you that are, one,
1: isn't that the one yeah, where they have to decide every day? Okay, I'm going to be a fighter today.
2: Well, every adventure. Okay, so you start an adventure, and you're either a fighter or a magic user and if you're a fighter you're earning your experience points as a fighter, a fighter. okay uh so the limited to fourth level of a fighter eighth level is a magic user however if they have magical armor they can wear that and still cast spells as a magic user Ah,
0: there you go so like if i wake up if i would sit down to a session and i say this session I want to be, a. am an elephant. I want to be a fighter for that session or for that adventure. I should say, I can't access my spells.
2: The way I read it. That is correct. But I've, I've seen people read it differently. I've seen people say, well, adventure could be every day. So when I sleep, Mm -hmm. it's like, I learned that now I'm going to be a magic. Now, can you imagine uh, having a track? Well, okay. This day you earned the XP as a fighter. This day you earned it as a magic user. That, that sounds drive, like a nightmare.
1: That drives me yeah. crazy. Right there. That'd drive me crazy. Oh. <laughs> um, so, like, in uh, the RC, they only go up to 10th level, which means they, they're they capped at
0: 5th level spells. Mm-hmm. But so still, 5th level of... spells is still, like, some, I mean, it's, like... Teleport, and I mean you've got some nasty yeah. spells, in there. which is which is nice for the DM too,
1: because you can still have a character that taps out a 10 and still have him be a threat as an NPC to the party. Mm-hmm. There can be master major elven mages out there that
0: can give him a hard time. And I know that in in the BX rules, at ninth or tenth, I cannot recall which because I have the book in my head. They can establish kind of a woodland stronghold. Yeah. And they befriend all the animals in the air like within a 1 mile per level radius and the animals will tell them what's going on.
1: Right. They're also better at finding secret
0: and hidden doors. Mhm. Um so now when let's talk about what it what it's what it means to you guys to to play an elf. Um I I have have a deep dark confession to make. What's that? I'm going to make it publicly here. Um, normally, I I really dislike elves. That's not the deep breath confession. That's pretty much an open secret. I and this is dipping way further into second edition, but I still think they're cool. <laughs> I love blade singers. I think it's a cool concept. You're, um, and I, are you, I you think, mean you mean uh, blade dancers or blade? No, blade singers. Uh, no, blade, singers. No, I, okay. blade Singer. second, Yep, second ed. Uh, well, book of well, elves. complete you're, book of elves. You are complete not. broken. You are not alone. So now. That being said, the, the rules for Bladesingers are, are from Second Ed are pretty broken, but we're not talking about Second Ed. But you can take that concept of a spell-slinging swordmaster and make it work perfectly as a concept uh-huh. in a with a basic elf. Because you take your sword, you get yourself a set of elven chain or magic armor, you get a few cool spells, and you're, you're good to go. Right. I mean, y- you take an elf, and if you make it to fifth level and you slap haste on him... Whoa. Whew, He's heap nasty, or you slap haste plus shield plus mage armor. And you know, it's like I am a walking death machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like that there is there's a lot of interplay there. Um I've seen I know that I have talked with uh, Pete Spawn, who wrote the Amherth setting. Right. Right. He says in his home games, elves don't get magic user spells, they get druid spells. Interesting. I think that's a really neat way to do things because it reinforces that tie to nature. And yeah. I think, I, and it's funny because that was a house rule I would allow my players to choose at character creation. Basically, okay. high elves cast magic user spells. Wood elves cast druid spells. That's the only Sp- difference. Speaking of BX, um, going over to Labyrinth
1: Lord for a minute. We mm-hmm. played when we played Labyrinth Lord. We like a lot of people. We use the Advanced Edition Companion, mm-hmm. uh, and it's interesting because we had parties with. Um, classed elves and
0: racist class elves in the same party now how did that play out because i've've I've heard of that, but I've never done it. I've never had that in the same group. It pretty much
1: balanced each other out I mean we you know i've seen i've seen uh, I've seen instances where the classed elf say the elven uh, cleric or something <laughs> like that said okay, okay, call the elf, we got some undead here, and I can't turn them that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, get the elf out here and just kill them.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what I always found interesting about elves in, in the basic incarnations was, when I think elves, I think archers. But uh-huh. yet, at least in uh, Lord, elves, I mean, while they are good in combat, as good as any fighter, they're not particularly good with ranged weapons. Not like halflings who get a bonus. Right. It's all based on their decks, and I thought that was an interesting considering the tradition of oh, the Lego lassish elven archer. Right. You you don't really have that with the BX elf. They are for for my wheelhouse. And I always go back to Tolkien. They are much more Elrond. They are highly skilled in magic, and they are trained warriors, and they're kind of like a little bit of everything. Um, and that's also why they're probably Which is which is interesting.
1: Which, <laughs> which is interesting because in rule Ro- encyclopedia, Ro- uh, um they automatically know how to set Lance Charge and all that. Mm-hmm. It's very far from being arranged a weapons master.
0: That almost reminds me of the old um A D and D Oven Cavalier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that's that's what that reminds me of. And of, of course um, they
1: can they can take uh you know, weapon mastery just like a fighter. You know, if you want to get into that. Uh well, that's a whole different- the chart there, I don't even want to touch. That makes, Well, you know what? If I, was, powers, if I but... was running RC anymore, I I got a copy of Dark Dungeons. And they break it down a lot easier. It's still the same you know, thing, but they actually spend the time. They don't give you a little tiny, you know, break your eyes trying to read a chart. They actually right. the time of each weapon and what it means to master and actually explain it. And I can actually make sense of this. See, I, had know,
0: a, I had a house to rule. Go ahead, go Eric.
2: Ahead. No, I was just going to say, that is where the clones uh, exceed upon their, what they're based upon. It's clarity. <laughs> mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I, I love feeling my little brown books. Uh-huh. Look my little brown book, with not with the reprint art either, the real stuff. And I love holding them. I love to read them. But running a game from them is a real Peter. Yeah, uh, it is. And, and that's, that's where the clones shine through.
0: I always allow. I always house ruled uh, the the weapon advancement from RC. My rule was one slot for proficiency, two slots gives you plus one to hit, plus two to damage, three slots gives you plus three to hit and damage, four slots gives you an extra attack. That's it. When I joined my group, um,
1: they had just finished getting TPK'd in a second edition game. Mm-hmm. and said, okay, we're going to try RC, and then we played for a while, and was like, okay, Matt stands up going, I'm, I want to try Weapons Mastery, so next issue, uh, you know, I'll, we'll figure it out. It lasted about maybe two sessions. Mm-hmm. When everybody's going, this is too much. This is," It's <laughs> nice to have the extra damage in these other maneuvers and
0: stuff, but this is... It's too much, yeah, I agree. On the, on the flip side, I like the skill system. Um, it felt like it was just taken, and I read the RC, having never read beyond the Red Box. Right. I went straight from Red Box to RC to AD and D Second Edition, ah. and to me, it felt a lot like the skill system from AD and D Second Edition, just bolted retroactively, where well, that yeah, wasn't the like, case. But I that's how like, it came off to me.
1: I felt like it was a lot more simplified. Well, yeah, it was. Which it was is, ability checks. Yeah. It was which, just which ability checks. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of. I have a love-hate relationship with skill systems because I want my games to be, you know, as little chrome as possible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can understand the need for something of a little tiny skill system. It always, because it always goes back to first edition AD&D where I saw that secondary, um, sh- the secondary occupation chart and, okay, I rolled on it. I'm a woodsman.
0: What does that mean in the game? Nothing. Right. See see and I, I actually I love the secondary system because if somebody says, Well, I'm a woodsman, I would know this, that or the other okay, I can as D, I I can, can say buy ye- that. I can say, Okay, yay or nay, I can I can veto it or accept it and I can say, All right, well then give me a wisdom check to see if you can find any tracks. Right. I'm so or I'm so I'm sorry, no, you're a fisherman, you wouldn't know how to track people in the woods.
1: Okay, well I buy that, but I just saw it in there and I'm going, This leads nowhere. <coughs> And uh, I come to find out later, I've read some stuff that, that when they talked to Gygax saying uh, they were supposed to have like some kind of system for that, but it got cut from the book or something or never made it to the book or something like Because it looked like something that was supposed to lead somewhere, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And, it always bu- and I was glad it was there, but it always bugged me, you know, as far as like, this is why I like skill systems, is the fact that what did your character do before he was an adventurer? Right, that has to have some kind of bearing over what you're doing now. Yep, that doesn't I, have to be much. That's why I like Tunnels and Trolls talent system, because it isn't very much.
0: That's right. when I was when I was doing secondary skills for for Heroes Journey. It was very much that this is what you did before you were an adventurer, to the point where it impacts your starting gear and your starting money. But anyway, elves, elves. We 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 have let's go back old, to elves. We've gone on a three three old man tangent. Yes. <laughs> Look,
1: with me, it's it's an occupational hazard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're not the only one, my friend.
0: Oh yeah. So, how do you take elves and spice them up a little bit? You know, maybe play with them a little bit. And I'm not—we're not talking about putting them in chainmail bikinis. Um, you know, as yeah, I mentioned, in- <laughs> Eric, you and chainmail bikinis need to stay as far away from each other as possible. End of story.
2: Well, you never know, man. I'm I might cosplay at North Texas this year. I
1: will
0: turn. Well, you guys,
1: I you guys think, heard it here. You guys I think heard it here. His wife might have something to say about
0: that. Yeah, you she guys, probably would. You heard him say it here. He's going to cosplay in a no, mail bikini. It. He, he, he said which, cosplay. He didn't say which, his what. Which, which, yeah. which, which, which means I won't be there. At least not in the same room. Um, oh, the photos will
2: tell all. Well, I keep. Oh, trying you, to get, you leave I, the I, photos. You You're photographic <laughs> evidence.
1: I keep trying it. to get Mike. I keep trying to get Bad Mike to do Satan with a thong. So. <laughs>
2: Dude, no, people, well, just I a did, mental just image the in my head. That which I'm seeing right now can't be unseen. Oh my god! <laughs> Man, uh, be glad, dog,
0: yeah. Be glad we're recording. Um. Oh, so- that's not what the listeners are saying. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. Um, so let's talk about uh, kind of like changes or how you play elves or what you do to them at the table, so they're not just fighter magic users.
1: Well, are we talking? Are we talking like uh, stat wise or chrome wise, or just like the way the world's set up to deal with elves?
0: Chrome wise, what you do in your settings, how you play them at your table, whether it's PCs, NPCs, whatever. You know, okay. what do you do? What do you do if they're if they're God forbid drow? Oh, you know,
1: yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, you go to the Gazeteers, you have the Dark Elves.
0: You do give Shadow Elves. Shadow um, Elves, that's it. Yeah. Which, which are a whole different... They're not even drow. They're just something completely different. Yeah. That gets gets overlooked a lot. They're unless, actually unless, kind of...
1: unless you play the old Capcom
0: D&D uh, video games. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they even gave, gave uh, Shadow Elves their own Gaz. They did.
1: They did. A very good one, too. But uh, how do you change it? I... I talked to my friend Corey on Thakos hammer and he has a really unique take on elves in his world. Um, his elves got into a lot of trouble with everybody way back millennia. Um, and people don't like elves because remember in in, what is it? The Hobbit where the, uh, Mm -hmm. elves wouldn't help out the dwarves with, with smog Mm -hmm. and they got, that's how the animosity started. Um, Mm -hmm. well, They kind of did something like that to the rest of the world. They sort of hung them out to dry when, you know, some cataclysmic thing, and they fought them back. But it's like elves are not very well liked, and they keep a low profile, and every time they show up, it's like they're very apologetic. And they're not haughty at all.
0: That's one thing you, you people think of. Um, as elves being good uh-huh you know in the, the, the general right. good evil sense <gasps> but if you're looking in the basic rules it never says anything about them being particularly good or particularly evil. Well when you got the three alignment three
1: alignment access system you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of play in there mm-hmm. a lot of play which is why I like the three alignment system.
0: I tend to prefer the three-point system as well, if any alignment is used at all. But I'm also a firm believer that using 395 to 99% of people in the world are going to be neutral. Yeah. Um,
2: but actually, I'm looking in the OD&D with the three-point alignment. elves are under law and neutrality. Really? They're wow. under law? Cause in, law, in late- law is good. Happily yeah. Have l- l- law and chaos, which was, I'm assuming, based upon... Uh, the old Elric, the Moorcock and the Elric stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but they really treat Law as good and Chaos as evil. It's not when you get the non-alignment system where Law and Chaos got broken away from that assumed
1: Mm -hmm. what? Swords and Wizardry is
0: like the five-point? Swords and Wizardry uses three-point Oh, they use Um, three-point too, that's right Uh, uh, you know, BX uses three-point, RC uses three-point Uh, Holmes uses five-point, I believe Yeah you're right. Um, there was a recent I, one I just
1: reviewed that uh, used the five point also. I think it was Black Hack or something. Black oh, Hack yeah. uses five point. Or Black Hack or White Hack. I can't remember which one. Um, but I tend, to, I tend. Oh, to I make, know what oh. it was, and I'm running it right now. Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Okay, which there doesn't you know? have elves. Which doesn't have elves. Which interesting because that's based on one e. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Yet they're doing the five point alignment system. I tend to make elves in my campaigns pretty neutral, um, Uh because I I always see them as believing themselves above the concerns of the world, and therefore pretty apathetic. Right. Um, We don't get involved. Elves who go out and adventure, particularly with non-elves, are, in my mind, the exception.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's the way it's supposed to be. Same with dwarves. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Demihumans are supposed to be rare. That's why they're their own class. And I believe at least in Labyrinth Lord, uh, they're the only classes, the Demihuman classes are the ones with an attribute requirement. You know, you have to have, I think it's a strength or intelligence or both of nine to be an elf. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Oh, you know, what's here's a funny story. Um, when we first played RC, no, it was uh, Labyrinth Lord. Yeah. Labyrinth Lord. Um, I rolled I rolled an you know, 18 strength when I was making a character I rolled 18 strength and something like 10 9 intelligence not a real bright guy mm-hmm. and uh, the DM says well what do you want to play He says I want to play an elf <laughs> so you would Conan the elf I wanted to play I wanted to play no he went yeah he was I says well what's his backstory he says well he's in this town he was the blacksmith. That decided he wanted to go adventuring, and he was kind of like this Gomer pile elf. <laughs> and I says, "Why are you doing this? Is because I'm going to prove that elves, you know, like he throws magic and stuff, but he's strong too. He could, you know, he could really wade in and he and stuff." I says, "I want to, I want to go against the type. I also wanted to do a mage with 18 strength, just because, and that's as close I've, as I could get."
0: I've seen it. I- I've seen it I've seen it done before and in the end a mage with an eight, or at least a mage with an 18 of strength isn't that great because if you're in melee and you're a wizard something went wrong but yeah. <laughs> I I also like the idea of at least elves to me more than the other demi human races
2: uh-huh.
0: lend themselves to going past the stereotype because they're so old yes they are to me more likely to have a more diversity within their culture okay I studied swordsmanship for a hundred years I know everything I know about that. I want to study pottery or fishing or you know dwarvish poetry or whatever. Right. So uh, there's there's a lot more room for roleplay beyond the I'm going to go frolic in the woods and dance with the squirrels.
1: Yeah, but that really that really appeals to the like the tree hugger gamers. The very it's a very very retic- ret- new age renaissance thing because I always run into these people who are like you know, New Age Renaissance people, is this what do you play? Oh, my elf, uh, Shadow Weave, over here. He goes, <laughs> oh, he has a pet tiny dragon, and it's like, yeah, yeah okay, okay. Uh, I'll just call him Mary Sue, okay?
0: Fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, And and considering that elves have a long life, I mean, they typically start played or are already 100 years old at first level. What have you been doing for a century? Yep. You know? Yep that you're only first level.
2: Meditation. Mm. Come on. That's,
0: that's, that's a lot. I mean, Yoda didn't meditate that much.
2: No, no, I know. and That's a weird, that was weird when I was first gaming with AD and D and trying to comprehend how elves were compared to the other races and, 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 and D and D &D, elves can die of old age, which if you were basing upon the token, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they go away and fade, Mm -hmm. but, uh, the other thing with the long life of the elves that I, in my mind, they're, you're more apt to find elven hermits, the people that, That's you know, interesting. And, and, and it's going to be the hermits like, well, my granddaddy visited old man Fitzabomb, whatever the guy's name is. And there's like, they, you know, they might even not know. Is he an elf? Who knows? He's been alive for the last 300 years, sitting in this little hermit place, surrounded by animals, you know,
1: just like you're doing now,
0: surrounded by animals.
2: Oh, yeah, the, the cat saying hello. Hello, Hi, and
0: And that lends itself to another interesting <clears throat> point with elves is age gives you a lot of... Tends to make you a very wise person. It but does. if elves are if seen Good. Go ahead. No, I've seen them played
1: like that, yeah.
0: But if they're sequestered in that, if they're off in the woods meditating for 100 years, they're not going to have a clue <clears> what's <throat> going on in the world. Because that that's... That's three generations of humans who have grown up, had children, right. and two of which are at least dead, if not three or four generations dead. Um, so it's going to be a completely different world. You know, oh, when I was young and I first set this up, you know, and Stan the Wise was ruling this kingdom. Uh, he's been dead for 70 years. What? You right. know, you know, and so there's that out of touch element. Well, there's also, you know, on the plus side, Elves
1: probably have an insane amount of connections. And Do they, though? And people. Do they, though? I mean, yeah, they... people die off and stuff, but I mean, you know, there's a, uh, we got, we got to go talk or we got to go deal with this uh, ancient uh, dragon uh, smoke in the cage. And the elves are like, oh, smoke, yeah, we go back. I'll just talk to him. You know,
0: I could see that. Another interesting, idea, I think, for an elf NPC or even a PC who's first level. Uh-huh. What if you're the creepy old uh, woodland witch or woodland wise yeah. man? You might only know first level spells, but people go out in the woods to get you to make sure they can go to sleep at night or make a balm so they, you know, that rash goes away. Right. And you know, it's a strange fae creature who lives out in the woods, and you know, and with with elves, I think there's an element there where you can play up that strangeness. Yeah. Uh some of the most effective spellcasters I've ever seen have only been able to cast first and second level spells at most, but when they do it effectively, it makes them seem far more powerful. Wow. Wow. And I think elves, you know, if if I were an elf and you can assume I would assume that most non-humans, dwarves and halflings as well, don't know the level of abilities and the powers of an elf. So if you're an elf, you can walk up. You're, there's this undead thing going on. We talked about their ghoul paralysis. Right. What if you're an elf and you you know, you know, see a bunch of ghouls? You know you're immune to their touch. The other people might not necessarily know that in character. And you act like you're casting some big, powerful spell. Uh-huh. And then you walk up and the ghouls touch you and you're just like whack with a sword. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that's a powerful magic you have. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, of course it is. Oh, yeah. You know? You know there's nothing wrong with doing that or i i played an elf once who we went into combat and i cast light on my sword and they're like what are you doing and in characters i'm enchanting this with an evil's bane so these creatures may die you know <laughs> and i went into combat on the third round i rolled a critical hit and then played it off like it was the magic wow so nice. he was he was never really as powerful as he came off as but i'm an elf and damn it, you're going to know that I am one of the Eldar races of the world. My uh-huh. people were around when you were still banging your heads on rocks. We were living in the high life. Oh, yeah. um, and, and I think that, that, that leads you to get away from the, oh, it's just an elf. Right. Uh, here's something interesting. Um,
1: when I, way back when, in my prehistory gaming days, played Champions, I wrote up a superhero character who was immortal. Okay. And the DM, or the GM, I should say, came up with the He put the idea in my head is, you know, he's been around. I'm saying he's been around for like at least 800 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he probably has a hell of a lot of skills, more than what's on his character sheet. How many of them has he forgotten?
2: That's or a dead.
1: Rusty at, mm-hmm. which. It's kind of then you fall into the old uh, Martian Manhunter thing. Oh, I didn't know I could do that,
2: uh,
0: which is <laughs> well, which is a great great way to explain how you pick up a new spell when you gain a level. I always had it; I just forgot I could do it. Or you yeah. pick up a new proficiency. Yeah, uh, I mean, okay. I, I I took I must have learned fencing. to play the piano somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I took fencing classes four years ago, and if you handed me a sword right now, I'd probably know some of the basics. But most of the stuff I've forgotten. Right. Because I just haven't done it, and that's. Four years. Imagine if it's been fifty or a hundred or a hundred and fifty or a yeah. thousand. I'm sure it would come back with practice. You know, it's it's always like, well, I'm rusty at it. Which leads us back to why are you a first level elf? Well, I didn't used to be a first level elf. I used to be a seventh level elf, and I just haven't done it in a while. Yeah, I oh, took. Yeah. A, oh, here's one: um,
1: an elf with a vow of silence. That's
0: that's that would be interesting. How like long in?
1: you don't know?
0: <laughs> mhm. Oh. Uh, somebody
2: somebody here's Glenn.
0: Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> um, I um, I saw a guy who played an elf in a game where, uh, like second session, he got captured, uh-huh. and to prevent him from casting spells, they cut his tongue out. Wow. So he could cast spells, but he couldn't anymore because he couldn't talk. So he had this spellbook full of spells that he couldn't use until like four levels later we got him regenerated but uh regenerated uh, his tongue cool yeah we had a regeneration spell finally cast (laughs) on it's like a druid spell thing and it it, that guy was so happy and then the cool thing was the player spent the next two sessions role-playing his character learning how to talk again Uh uh-huh because he hadn't talked for a year in game right and I was like, "That's cool." So imagine an elf who's by themselves; therefore, doesn't need to talk to people. The only things he might know to say are the magic spells he knows. Right. Um, elves, to me, more than dwarves, more especially more than halflings, are alien. You know, to humans, a couple of weeks or a year isn't that long. You know, and we live seventy-five years. Well, there's also so. Th- go, ahead, go ahead. So, so to an elf, thirty years is nothing. -hmm. It's the blink of an eye. Oh, there's a, you know, this warlord has taken over this kingdom. We have to stop him. The elf might just say, eh, we'll just let him die. He'll age out. Yeah. That's a perfectly valid response from their perspective.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, (coughs) uh, elves are so long lived. Um, If if they do eventually die, and they, I mean, elves die, you know, you can, you know, take a sword, chop them up. But, I've seen. Is it in Tolkien or somewhere else where they've said that uh, elves don't have souls; they have spirits like animals. In
2: Tolkien, and,
1: and so they re- in, and they so they they
0: re- basically reincarnate into another baby elf. In in Tolkien, the way it works, it's a little, and I I know Tolkien uh, fairly well. Um, the way it works is elves can't age and die. They don't die from old age.
2: Right.
0: Um, a good example is in Lord of the Rings and the Tolkien setting Galadriel is older than the sun. Wow. Literally. She's older than the sun. She's like 35,000 years old. Um and when elves die, their soul or their spirit goes to basically this hall where it waits and just hangs out. And in a very very few rare cases the soul has come back. And I think that is why in D&D... So it's like elves, an elf elf Valhalla type thing. It's it's more like an elf doctor's waiting room. Oh, okay. You're not you're just waiting for, for, for the creator of the universe to tell you what happened. And that's Tolkien. But I, I think it, it ties to D&D because in most versions of D&D, elves can't be resurrected. They can only be reincarnated. That's right. And that is a huge deal, which means if you play an elf, most of the time you only got one shot at it. If you yeah. die... You are S O L. Well, if you take Or S O L Sure.
1: But if you take the the, the, the the conceit that elves when they get killed or whatever reincarnate as another elf, baby elf, whatever. It makes it interesting for the players who lose their elf character. Where oh, I think so. Like, you know, they can oh, come yeah. up with another character, um, maybe two characters. Maybe they lose a couple more characters, and all of a sudden they turn up. This, they come up with this elf who seems mighty familiar to the party. Mm-hmm. He may not remember, or maybe he does remember. You
0: know. Well, and here's a question: What if he got reincarnated as something other than an elf? Well, it's that's a really, that's you know? always the the problem with those kind of elves. What if he comes back as a human or a goblin or. You know, some something... gelatinous cube. I don't know. Well, that's another problem entirely. You just yeah, put them on good. a sandwich and, you know, take some time to be right.
2: Yeah.
0: But
1: you guys um, don't do that?
2: It's no. not kosher.
0: Uh...
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, but I'm bummed. It's a New York joke.
1: <laughs> but You don't like that stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, if he came back as, say, uh, like you said, a uh, goblin, there'd be a problem.
0: Now, how do you use elves as antagonists? Because they're typically portrayed as neutral at worst or good. And I'm not talking about drow. Drow are easy to make antagonists. They're just, they're evil because they're drow. Um, Well, it's very, very easy to make a
1: high elven priest or something like that over some kind of fanatical um, cult or something. Because, you know, maybe, oh, maybe he's the, uh, the cult of this one god who grants immortality should be funny.
0: Well, Look at me! If you're, if, if you're an elf yeah. and you've been meditating for 200 years and you come and walk out of the forest and there's all these humans on this land, that land was yours. When you started meditating that was yours. You, and you come the out. the old uh, Native American and, thing. Mm-hmm. So is the elf right? These humans have been here for five generations True. but he's been here the whole time and it was his land. True. You know, the, there's the, the, to me the thing about, about playing elves and portraying elves probably is they are so not just humans with 20 years of magic spells. They have such a different perspective and right. a different mentality. And I, and I feel like that is easily forgotten um, um, when, when players sit down to play them.
1: I think people should observe, you know, go back to Reed Tolkien, of course, but observe the movies, the way they show the elves in the Lord of the Rings films. Because not only is Legolas, I mean, when Gandalf was lost and they were all crying and stuff, he's just standing around trying to figure it out. Well, and there's, and there's and during Helm's Deep, that one guy who died, you—the look on his face, like, "I'm dying,"
0: right? He has yeah, no I idea what he's
1: experiencing.
0: Well, and and there's there's little things you can do as a as a DM to show off elves not being human uh, and to be being truly magical. Um, one of the little things in the Lord of the Rings films, and this is shown in the books as well, uh, when they're crossing the mountains and they're climbing through the snow, yeah. Yeah, they're all trudging through it, neck Except deep. Except for Legolas, he's running on it, not even leaving footprints. Yeah, he's right on top of it. And while there, you could while uh, while well, 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 a jerk player will be like, "What well, does that mean? I don't have to worry about difficult terrain." No, jerk, you don't get to take advantage of it. This is a story element to show you that you just don't
1: leave a trace. That's all.
0: Right. You're, right. You know, it, it's meant to to push forward that image that there is something different about you. Right. Um. And and I I think that is that is a I can harp on this forever. It's a huge thing about elves. Um. You know, elves. I, and I I like the idea of using their magic spells not as just I cast the spell as, it's it, again in Tolkien, there's a conversation between Frodo and Galadriel right before they look in the mirror, right. and Frodo says, "Is it magic, the mirror?" And she looks and says. I don't understand what you mean by that word. You use it to describe what Gandalf does. And that is good. And you use it to describe what Sauron does. And that is evil to us. It just is the way things are magic. Isn't this strange alien thing. It's, it's much a part of nature for elves as breathing is for humans. It is inherent to their existence, which is why that in my mind, at least why that all elves in, you know, the various incarnations of basic can cast spells because to not be able to cast spells would be like chopping their hands off. Something is wrong. I am incomplete.
1: I'm going to bring up a, I'm going to bring up a dirty phrase right now. The D and D &D movie. The first one, the fun, one, the cheesy one, Tom Baker as that elf Mm -hmm. saying, we don't use magic. We are magic. Yes. Yes. And it's like, you for, for a bad <laughs> movie, you really hit the nail on the head right there.
0: hmm Absolutely. And I, I think that's very, very, very accurate. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's part of who they are. Um, and that's in a, in a way that, you know, human mages in D&D, one of the interesting things, I think, that gets forgotten about when you make a character is a lot of times you roll to see how old your starting character is. Uh-huh. Optionally. And thieves can be as young as like 14 or 15. If you look, almost always, ma- human magic users are in their late 20s or early 30s. Right. That means they've just started. So, humans spend 30 years learning to manipulate the most basic magic spells. Detect magic. Crap like that. Elves do that naturally, which means, in my mind, when an elf casts Detect Magic, it's less him casting the spell Than him concentrating for a second And mechanically he still needs to have his hands free and all that crap But in my mind It's more he picks up a sword Or touches a magic statue And is like there is some strange energy In this you know that he can feel Mm -hmm. Whereas the human has to like You know basically do a formula Right And and, and that is something that I think is important To portray in elves Like they're not humans Science
1: Science versus craft
0: Yes Yep. Yes. Well done.
1: Yeah, that's that's yes, very much so. Um, Saying that, then there's the adventurer elves who like cut cut away from the Mm norm, which is the player characters. Um, They've got to have a slightly different viewpoint. I mean, yeah, they have the elven viewpoint of being alien and stuff like that, but there's got to be something else there to make them pick up a sword and go off
0: and quest. To risk, to risk what amounts to other species as immortality. Right. You could hang out in the woods and spend seven hundred years studying, frolicking with the squirrels, and mastering your craft, or you could pick up a sword, go hang out with the savages, and probably get stabbed in the process. Why are you putting every putting a seven hundred year future on the risk, or a certain future, your future at risk? To go out and swing a sword with a bunch of, of but what two elves are morons, short-sighted morons, right? You know, and in Legolas's case, it is because it's important. Well, you know, it was this, also this
1: L- L- well, Elrond L- also thought it was important too. That's why kind of I didn't to... see, yeah, but I didn't see Elrond going. That's
0: true, but uh, he did. I didn't well, see Elrond did re- going. Go, he did reforge the sword. No, nah, 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 nah. yeah, but he didn't go himself. Okay. I know, I know. I know
1: he was on. I know he was part of the party who were on the way out.
0: Well, here, here's again my Tolkien craziness. Elrond to me is is a great example of a name level elf. I've built my stronghold. I have this great magic power. I'm retired. I'm gonna hang out here. Here's a cool magic item. Here's a sword that's plus one plus three versus evil. Here you go, human fighter. Go take over the kingdom. I'm gonna hang out here, and when you succeed—actually, really, whether you succeed or not—in five years, I'm bouncing. Um, and Legolas goes off because Legolas is young is. for an elf. In in Lord of the Rings, I believe he's only like—and he's a young elf. He's only like two or three thousand years old, which to Tolkien is young. Right. Um, whereas, and if you are an old elf, you remember Elrond has seen what the human world is like. He fought Sauron. He fought in the Blast Alliance of Men and Elves. He was on the slopes of Mount Doom. He watched yeah. the sealed door that's a whole bunch fall of evil basically
1: that's a whole bunch of evil uh, a whole bunch of elves putting their immortality on the line because of it had to be done.
0: Right, right. right. And and one of the things in Tolkien and I think D D is that that elves who do that and demo humans in general who do that are rare. Are, are are very rare the exception not the rule and i have always taken it and I, and I could be wrong here excuse me if i'm pontificating or making an assumption that the idea is that at least in in the older basic edition DD, once you hit name level the idea was that you would build a stronghold and retire yeah that was pretty much it you yep. know if yeah. if you if you busted your tail for a couple of years and you made it to ninth level and you built your stronghold you took on apprentices. You retired the character, and the apprentices probably became your new character. Yep. So, and to me, that's what Elrond does. You know, Rivendell is his stronghold. That's what Galadriel did. Lorien is her stronghold. Yeah. You know, in D anD D terms, right? If you to right. put it in D anD D context, it just happens to be the capital of the Elven. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but it's still a stronghold. Um,
1: yeah,
0: and, and I, my 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 brain my brain. You know, always goes to tolkien it's just like it's the way i'm wired
1: well that's that's
0: that's okay you know you know it's a good thing you know and 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 i think it shows up in other races too dwarves are expected to build a stronghold and it says in the at least in Labrador, for and establish a clan you are perpetuating your people you know okay. halflings halflings only go to eighth level because halflings go out usually to do one or two things i don't know Save a dwarf kingdom, throw a ring in a volcano. I don't know, whatever they do, and then go home. You you go right. there and back again. You don't go out and adventure indefinitely for no reason. There's not this so human there's gotta concept. Be something, of- there's got
1: to be something else in here that makes him do it too. Mm-hmm. So they're wired in a certain, a little different way
0: than the normal halfling, elf, dwarf, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at look at I mean, i talking Legolas. What does he do? He he goes out with these humans and this dwarf and these these little like midgets that he's probably never seen before. And by the end of it, Legolas is so changed, he calls a member of a race he hates his best friend. That, to me, is a strange person who is clearly outside their cultural norm. Oh, yeah. And it, and it happens so quickly. The, the, the events of The Lord of the Rings, from the time they leave Rivendell to the time they destroy the ring... Is from December 25th to uh, I believe it's the last week of March. Happy so you're talking three months. That's it. From the time, that's it. And in three months to an elf is like dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. So over the course of, 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 you know, what to us will be a couple hours. Well,
1: still with the Lego human life, wave, that's pretty, you know? that's even with the human life, that's pretty quick, three months. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so think about it, he went from in three months Which to them is probably a couple we're not days talking,
1: We're not talking about the Hundred Years War here so. Right,
0: right So imagine, you know You sit down to dinner with somebody you hate And by the time you get up for dessert, they're your best friend And you would lay down your life for them That's a strange person, that's a reckless person And that's what makes Legolas an adventuring elf He doesn't take that long perspective If he I'm sat sorry. down and, If he sat down and Considered it, maybe he would but he doesn't. He jumps. and think, you know, in the movies, I believe he's the first one to say, like, um, you know, after Aragorn says you have my sword, he's the next one to say you have my bow. You know, he's right there.
1: And no matter what you and, think, no matter what you think of the Hobbit movies, I like them, and it gave me some back on Legolas dealing with his father and how him and his father got along. That may have been another. Thing that kind of pushed him into the adventuring thing
0: because he was pretty disgusted with him for you know for quite a while. I will say this: as a Tolkien fan, uh-huh. as a as a Tolkien purist, you know, I, I love Tolkien. I hate those movies as a purist. They're a great example of a D and D movie. Um, true, Probably there's true. a lot of fun D and D stuff in there. I don't care how you take um, it. I and Lego like Lasses. Oh yeah, yeah. And and it, I'm not it. to tell anybody what they like and what they shouldn't like. I know. I know. But uh, but Legolas's father, to me, is more an example of how most elves act. Right. We are interested in ourselves, and the that, preservation of our kingdom.
1: Right. But that also shows how Legolas is sli- wired slightly different from his dad. says, mm-hmm. come on, dad, wake up, look around, look what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. you want to stay here and just brood, fine. They're just going to be tearing this down around your ears.
2: Right, yeah.
0: and the elf attitude is Well, they might do that for 10, 20, 100 years But eventually they'll all die and we'll be fine Whereas Legolas, right. is like, yeah, that doesn't make until, it okay until,
1: until, until like an orc or a goblin Comes over and sticks a uh, sword in your back You know, right. and that's basically right. what his thing is It's like, look, we got if you want to wait that long That's fine, but we got to keep them off the doorstep
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I, Not to, to sound political or historical But to me a good example of elvish philosophy it's actually America in World War II. We're neutral. We're neutral. We're not getting involved. We're staying over here. We're not getting involved. It's not our fight. It's not okay. our thing. Until Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And then it was, wait a minute. And like elves, once they were awakened, it changed the course of the world. It changed the course of the world. And I know that's my own Ameriocentric well, no, attitude I'm the sure. Old,
1: the old Toho, you know, quote. We have We've awakened the sleeping
0: dragon.
1: W- w- woke up a, a sleeping giant
0: and filled him with resolve, mm-hmm. which is our biggest mistake. <laughs> yep. And to me, that that is how elves should be portrayed. If, if you're playing a traditional elf, something awoke your resolve. If you're not playing right. a traditional elf, then you're a little bit cracked and something's wrong. Right. And maybe your your buddies were glad to see you. you know, we sent Bill off because... You know, he wanted to go talk to humans, and why would yeah. he do that? And you know, that's, that's what that's what makes good stories
1: is the one that you know, the one <laughs> person or whatever that uh,
0: goes against the norm. So, and that leads me to another point I want to talk about, and that's elvish. And I, I say elvish because it's Tolkien. It's D and D and say elven, and I the two are interchangeable. Um, elven magic items. Now, you think about boots of elven kind, cloaks of elven kind. Elvis chainmail, all that kind of stuff None of which are given lightly None of which are given lightly and they are not the limit to the extent of elf magic items, and they they shouldn't be, at least to my mind too, an elf it's not thought of as a magic item this Culture is, item Yeah, it's a culture item the, the, the cloaks they give, again, we're going back to Tolkien The cloaks they give the fellowship, they never call them magical, they say they will shield you from unfriendly eyes there's never a word magic said, um, and I, I always imagine if if the magic of elves is a natural thing to them, if it is something that they do inherently as a craft, you're going to see more things like cloaks and boots than you are swords and arrows because Makes if they're sense. isolationist, they're not going to be at war a lot. And one of you know my favorite uh, magic, one of my favorite magic items in all of Tolkien is is the elvish rope. It's a rope oh, that doesn't yeah, I know. Does, doesn't come untied until its wielder commands it, and to me, that is one of the singular most useful magic items ever. And if you go am, by yeah. the
1: if you go by the Lord of the Rings movie, it looks like a piece of
0: twine. It does well in the books. You know what it's made of? What? Hair. Okay. It's elvish hair. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and that's you,
2: interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, and there are things like you know you can take that and make any magic item and give it that elvish flair like. You have you know the elvish waybread from Lord of the Rings. What if that's just rations that don't go bad? Sure, that doesn't sound like much, but that's really useful. Uh-huh. I have I have a little one-pound square of food here that can last a month. It doesn't have to be stored. It can get wet. It's not going to get damaged by the environment. Um. Oh, hardtack. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it hey, is, it's it, it's elvish hardtack. It's exactly what it is. Um. The the magic. Uh, there's Why a scene in, in again. Yeah, lembas bread. Um, there's a scene in when they're crossing the, the the snow mountain we were talking about earlier. They they get worn out a lot. They get tired, and Gandalf is giving this thing that is referred to as the elvish cordial, which makes you think it's a wine. And every time he gives it to them, they become refreshed and reinvigorated. When last time I read Lord of the Rings, I immediately thought that's a potion of cure light wounds. Oh. They're taking damage from the environment. Gandalf sure, is giving yeah. them giving them a potion of cure light wounds that the elves need. Okay, and I was just like, like it's it's that that kind of magic is all around you and and already in the in the D books, it's a matter of how you describe it, what you call it, and you add a little bit of culture into it, and that can work for any kind of magic item. What if it's a dwarvish brew known to reinvigorate and hearten the soul? You know, here have this awesome dwarvish ale that happened. Okay. You drink it and you heal, you know, the DM rolls, die by his green, it's three points of damage. Wow, really? That's so cool. The player doesn't need to know it's just a potion of cure light wounds.
1: Yeah, it's just,
0: yeah. You know, exactly. very nice.
1: Very nice. Anyway, um, that just shows you people that elves in basic D&D, which are racist class, are not just elves. And you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with giving them professions like an elf <laughs> and cleric. They just would. Well, that's a whole other thing about Breaking out the braces, class—that's a whole nother episode. So, uh, any final words on uh, on this, James? Um,
0: let's see. Any final words on elves? Uh, let's see. That's something I wanted to say. Oh yeah, Megavanen, which is an Elvish greeting in Tolkien. Um, I believe it or not, I loathe Tolkien elves. I think they're horrible, vile, selfish people. But I understand the mentality. Interesting.
1: How about you, um, Eric?
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. Go Eric, ahead.
1: you got any final words on elves?
2: Yeah, I'm actually biased toward dwarves, but nobody would have guessed that. Um, <laughs> no. Next thing you're going to say is that I prefer halflings. No, 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 no. Zach is a gnome. But uh, no, I, I always found so I came into play with uh, first edition, and I always found that elves were. Um, overpowered compared to others at low levels and underpowered when they lost that curve mm-hmm. due to XP, especially if you triple-classed, because you could oh, do wow. everything, you know, fight a magic, you're the thief, there, you were great for the first, you know, handful of sessions before you fell behind and everything. Uh, if you're going to play an elf, I really do think you have to go in with a vision of what you want it to be. Because that is going to define not only how you're going to play it, but especially if you have a choice of class, what class is going to fit best. Elves have uh, options. They're the only class, besides the only race of on humans that can actually cast spells. And mm-hmm. original D&D, basic D&D, Um, actually I think even AD&D, elves and half-elves. Mm-hmm. Gnomes can be illusionists, but that's it. Uh, oh, that's right. But elves are like, <laughs> gnomes are like a uh, elf halfling hybrid anyway. Don't you
0: dare compare my beautiful, wonderful, shoeless people with those little bastards.
2: With their little, like, you know, bells in their toes and a no. little pointed No, That's no, not, no.
0: Okay. not
2: okay. no? No. But uh, no. It's, fu- it's a fun class to play. I still prefer dwarves, man. I can't wait to we do a dwarf episode.
1: <laughs> we will, I'm all in. I'm all in. Okay. And my final word is, I actually really think before you play an elf, elves are awesome in basic, I think they're, they're fantastic. The that's the other fantastic race after no, if they ever add gnomes.
0: Blasphemer.
1: I like gnomes deal with it. Anyway. I really think you should talk to the d m and find out, like any demi human in a fantasy world, how the the fantasy world treats a demi human like an elf what's the you know what's the prevailing attitude towards from the common person for an elf because there are some worlds where you don't want to play an elf at all because they you know it's almost like playing a half orc. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get shunned. You're gonna get... see. I would talk to the DM and ask him first, "What's the deal with the demi humans in this world?" Then, if he's you know, if it's halfway reasonable, go ahead and play an elf. I mean, they are kick, but they really are. And that's my final word on it.
0: <laughs> and they're an investment. When you were playing an elf, oh, you were yes. in the long haul.
1: Oh yes, yes. If you could avoid that sword in the back, you're good. You're good for the long haul, man. Mm-hmm. Even my blacksmith dwarf, he he got up to, like, seventh level. His name was Smitty, your, by the way. Your blacksmith elf, you mean? Yeah, elf, yeah. His name was Smitty. <laughs> of course. You know how he retired? You know how he retired? Um, my DM was using Thunder Rift.
0: Oh, at, good setting.
1: At first. Then he sent us all the way over to Karamikos and back to follow this bad guy. By the time we got there, uh, Thunder Rift went over... <laughs> Basically, it was the scouring of Thunder Rift. Oh, that's awesome. And Smitty and this Druid character, when they retired, they retired at the, at the entrance to Thunder Rift because it was known now. And basically, he was trying to. They're trying to get people to come back. The, the druid was trying to restore the forest and stuff. And so he was trying to get people to. to He be, he became like the mayor of of this town, trying to get people to come back into Thunder Rift and repopulate it. Come on, great place to live. The druids making trees, all this other stuff, and we're. Fi- He's trying to help fix it up, and that's how he retired. Right. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. A
0: lot of fun. All right. Speaking of retirement, I think that'll close us out for the episode.
1: Never. Never.
0: Okay, no, no. Yeah. Definitely Oh, not That's that retirement. <laughs> well, our retirement. anyway. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we say goodbye, huh? Yep. Um, all right, folks. This is DM James signing off of episode 134 of Savor Die Expert Edition. Say goodnight, Eric. Goodnight, Eric. Say goodnight, Glenn and i have nothing
1: cheesy to say so i'll just say good night